What's going on, guys? And welcome back to the one and only Growing Together podcast. My name is Kaylin. I'm Kyra. And we're here to walk with you through life, faith, relationships, and money. Kyra just got her tail back. Where's you at? North Italia. Oh, it's the gonna, best restaurant. You're just going to say exactly where you was at. Wait, why Why not? I was I was asking, like, where was you at? Like, what was you doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing fancy. I love North Italia. I literally just posted my story. One thing about me, I will be listen, having. Listen, let me just cut you off right there. No. You've got to stop saying these places by name. Haven't we haven't we said that? We talked about this? You do it too. You want to be kidnapped? You want to be abducted? Why? You want to be taken? Telling there people, are many North Italias. No, they're not. There's, there's not. Especially not where you live. Me, North Italia, every every second Tuesday at nine. Catch me there it's by myself. It's just a joke. Unsuspecting. It's a trend to be like, one thing about me? Da, 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 da. Oh, wait. What do you mean? What do you think I'm saying? Did you post? You posted this? Yeah. <laughs> Did they pay you to post it? No. Can you stop? What? Gosh. What? They don't need to pay me to post it. Why not? Because it doesn't matter. It does. It doesn't. Why? It doesn't matter every time. I want to know what y'all think. Um, because there's a, there is a thing, like a, a trend going on Uh with audiences' perceptions. When you know that someone's career is being an influencer, aka billboard, aka getting paid to literally buy stuff and advertise and show, sometimes audiences are like, Oh, I totally understand if you say stuff like, Oh, I'm not gonna say exactly where because that company isn't paying. And then sometimes audiences are like, Oh my gosh, you only talk about stuff when they're paying you. I'm like or they're like they'll really be happier. It's like, oh, I know you get in that bag because you just said it by name. Where do y'all fall? I kind of like as audience, I get irritated when somebody's talking about something and they won't say the exact name. So annoying. <laughs> oh, because oh, no brand placement. They'll rip the. They'll cover up the Apple logo on their MacBook, and it's like, man, that's a MacBook. <laughs> or they'll like take the the water bottle labeling labeling off the water bottle, and it's like, fam, that's Aquafina, nasty water. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I don't find it to be a big deal. I only thing that bothers me about brands and things like that is when like a brand will be like, oh my gosh, can we send you something? And I'm like, yeah, totally. And then like a week later I see like ads for that product. And I'm like, um, I don't want to be on the PR list. I want to be getting money. Yeah. That's why I, I feel like PR was always kind of dumb to me. I mean, it's not but, dumb. But like, like obviously uh, after every brand launch, not every brand. No, no, no. What? You're literally going to take that off of there. What? Take Everybody it off of what? Knows take what it off of is. what? Kaylin brought a little bottle of something. It's a can't, beverage. Can't tell you what it is. Cause hashtag no ad placement. Um, and just took the, like wrapping off of it so you can't but it's like the most obvious Damn. you know exactly what brand that is gatorade yes but doesn't it doesn't it like quench the thirst even better when you call a drink a beverage like oh my gosh well, it just sends me <laughs> it slays me when i'm at a restaurant and they say oh it's, what beverage you gonna have me automatically thirsty like instantly thirsty. Well, anybody saying beverage they're not gonna say what beverage you gonna have oh okay what are they gonna say hello sir any beverages for the table what's wrong with how i said it <laughs> i'm just saying anybody who says beverage is not gonna say that just because i don't speak the king's english like you do like you what hello, what's wrong with how sir? i said it <laughs> kind of been watching this uh What's it called? Oh, Downton oh, Abbey. Bridgerton. In Bridgerton, she just thinks she speaks the King's English now, so she act different. But I cut you off. So what were you doing? You were at yeah, North? Yeah, so I was having dinner with a, with a friend. Getting your spicy rigatoni? Yes, I'm obsessed. Spicy rigatoni, rigatoni vodka pasta. We went all out. I got two mocktails, pasta. We got the bread. She got the calamari. And we got dessert, and we shared it. Y'all shared dessert? Was you on a date? <laughs> <laughs> like what? 
We what? really went ham. It was. What does ham mean? What does the acronym mean? Miss King's English. It just means he went hard. How hard is what? <laughs> yeah. I'd be forgetting that these things are acronyms, and I'm like, uh, watch your mouth. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I would never actually say that, but yeah. The boy is over here hungry. So what's new? What happened in your week? What you learn? Um. Ooh, I always forget you gonna hit me with this question. Yeah, I always, I always tee it up and then throw it, hit forget. it towards you, uh, let you catch it out there in the outfield while I think about what I'm gonna tell them. You played me. You um, slayed me. <laughs> Why are you saying? That? <laughs> okay, let's see. What did I learn this week? Um, I think that I like based on the conversation me and Caitlin had yesterday. I guess I didn't realize how resilient I actually am. Oh, this is going to be some self-flagellation no, no, no. going on. I knew you were going to say that. You knew I was going to say self-flagellation? I didn't know you were going to say self-flagellation. Do you know I, what that means? No. I'm going to go ahead and take that back. I'm not going to edit it out. I'm just going to correct myself. Flagellation. It means flogging or beating. Oh, that is Either as religious discipline or... Or for sexual gratification, those are like that. That spectrum is long and wide. Like what? Oh, on one side, oh, religious. Why would discipline. you say that? On the other side, sexual gratification. Like, why does that word cover so many? But yeah, it's a. Uh, this is an ego stroking. It's not. No, it's not. Tell me, tell me why just, you're so resilient. It's just something. You actually, you're the one that said it. You are. I, I I want you to know. I want you to be affirmed, but I want you to also know why you're so resilient. So tell me what I was telling you. Oh, well, this isn't, you didn't really tell me, but we were just like having a conversation. Um, and it reminded me of a video I uploaded on my channel of just, I had said like every hard, like really hard thing that I've been through, I've done it alone. And like I, in December when I was in Hawaii with all my friends and I was like going through a hard time and I was like actually surrounded by believers and like just like a solid group of people. I I was like, wait, I had never experienced this. Like I never experienced being surrounded. I'm not never, that's actually not true, but maybe once in my life besides this other time, I had like been surrounded by people to just like walk with you through hard times. I feel like I never have experienced that besides like one other time. Um, and just when you go through like things alone, I guess at the time I didn't realize I was alone. I'm not, I'm not fully alone. Like obviously it's us together, but when people are just like dropping like flies out of your life, it's like, Oh, I have to like, I have no choice but to do this by myself, which I've been like fine with. I didn't really see it any other way until December and then last night, me and Caitlin were just like rethinking some of the things that we've been through. Like when I had my gallbladder removed, um, I like spent 10 days in the hospital out of town. Most of the time by myself, like especially the first few days I was by myself, like spending the night in the hospital in a different city. And in my first trimester pregnancy and like, I'm like, how did we do that? Like, all the decisions we had to make and like so many parts of the story that are untold and will probably never be told, but it's just wild. Like I've, I feel like I have the right to be like, oh my gosh, my life has been so hard and like constantly reminding people of how hard my life is, but I just don't do that. And like, even now when I go through hard things, I'm not like, hey everybody, I'm going through a hard thing. Like it's just made me resilient in a different way. And I like am okay with, like the suffering in private, like I don't need people to know how hard it is. It's giving self-made. No. I know. I just wanted to say that. Do you believe, okay, let's, let's qualify it a bit. Um, because I guess it could give self-made, um, out the mud, did it all by myself with no help. But like, are there any key people in your life that you feel like actually were around to assist you or like, where they're really yeah that's why i said it's not literally i was alone it just mostly i was um but like our community group back home like in bakersfield um my bestie katie in bakersfield like walked through so much with me um 
And when I was postpartum, like I had a really good friend that would stop by at like literally wild hours in the morning and at night and just like sit with me while I like fed Carter or whatever it was. It's crazy because I don't remember that. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember that happening at all. Yeah, but I do. We were talking about, I guess, I I don't want to use this as my thing that I learned this week, but kind of in the same vein of what Kyra is talking about, I did not realize how trauma makes you forget things Mm -hmm. and in some of like our most and the toughest times that like we've been through things um i think men uh, or women just depends on the relationship like who's supposed to be that quote like super strong one uh that one that's supposed to stomach everything not have be stoic not have any reaction and just hold it together um I just disconnected from the chat um, and just dealt with everything. And I feel like I did a good job from what I can remember, but I feel like the grieving and the processing came after the situation was over. And it's really hard to process things when you really don't have your full recollection. Mm-hmm. because you're just remembering yeah. in pieces so the processing the rendering takes way longer because it's like oh i remember this part and you deal with that and then three months later you remember a whole another part and it's just like oh just and another then even gut years punch. later like we never plan to have conversations like that it just happens and i'm like oh my gosh i remember this time in the hospital like this happened or mm-hmm. i remember coming out of surgery or i remember going into surgery this happened like i these are things i never told you but it's things that are just like coming back to my mind. But the fact that you said, oh, this sounds like self-made. First of all, never say that to me. Really? And second of all. Why? I just like, that's not my vibe. Why does it trigger you? Because I just, that's not, because I know none of this is because of me. You know that song? Um, wait, hold on. Let me, let me pull up the lyrics. Um, I've basically, I, <laughs> I there's like two songs I cannot stop listening to because it just it makes so much sense to me and it's been like my anthem of the month and I I think I said this in the podcast when I got back from Colorado I was like I really did I say this in the podcast I don't know when I said this I said this somewhere um I want to start like having sacred moments like a quiet place just between me and God um and I I don't know I haven't really had that like just a time to be like hands and knees actually recollecting everything that my life is and everything that he's done. Uh, why can't I find these lyrics? What are the lyrics that you remember? Um, I don't, I can't think because I'm, I feel on the spot. I feel like I'm on a stage. I'm like, eh, I didn't well, what, what feeling are you getting? Like, um, well just like, okay. There's, there's a song that basically talks about like, um, I can't think right now. What are you? Think. What are you feeling? It's not, it's not a feeling. It's like it's solid fact. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what I think about it. It's just facts of like God. Literally, if I look at how how I was raised and the lives of the people that are still in that, and how you know all these years have gone by, and how it is versus how my life is. I don't, I don't take any credit for that. I like 100% know I was saved from that. And now here I am. That, that's just fact. Like that doesn't even, it doesn't matter how I feel, but any, like even talking about resilience, like, yes, we can have gifts and, you know, good characteristics and traits and things like that. But a lot of my resilience is not even because of my own might. Like it just is like, it, it just is fact. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, or do I sound wild? Well, I mean, it's, I guess it's valid. Cause that's how you feel. I think when I think of self-made and when I hear people usually say it, they, I feel like they insinuate that they've always done everything by their self. No one ever really helped them really do anything. Or maybe I'm being unfair towards them. But if I was going to say I'm self-made, I would I would say, okay, yes, Kaylin is self-made. Why? Well, there are certain things that I've done that I know spawned directly from me. 
and was successful directly from my action mm-hmm. and my consistency and my resilience and my fortitude. And I know that I just wasn't born this way. So I wonder and I get to, oh, how did I become consistent? How did I become a hard worker? How did I build up the mental fortitude to keep going when something seems like it's not uh, going to work out? How did I learn how to persevere? Yeah. And I just retraced that back and I'm like, um, okay, maybe somebody taught it to me, but I had to receive it. I had to, you know, apply that. So when I can, you know, take all these tools that I've learned from people or from experiences and then create something that's successful, then I'm like, okay, I made that. Now, if you're talking about how I got the tools and who taught me, then it's like, okay, yeah, I stand on those shoulders. But like, I don't really have the complex where I feel like I just need to take credit for everything and look at me. Like everything I've ever done that's ever worked has been collaborative. Like if I was succeeding in sports, I had a coach. If I'm succeeding in school, I had a teacher or a study group. If I'm a, a nice young man, like I got great parents, like nothing, like, are you ever self-made at all? No, no, probably not. Except I've, I mean, I feel like mine's different because I was saved when I was 12. So then I, I feel like that kind of drew the line of like, okay, unsaved Kyra saved Kyra. And then I feel like everything that I am now, any characteristic I have, anything anybody wants to praise me for is only because of that foundation that was not self-made like that foundation is when I became saved which I didn't do at all um I found the song though it's, it's literally Jesus faded all the fact that I couldn't remember those lyrics because I feel I need to I'm gonna make a vow that next week I'm gonna be very prepared I'm gonna come with the receipts okay so I don't waste your guys' time um but this part gets me every time I think especially because I was well I shouldn't say this it gets me because I was saved at such a young age at a time where I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I didn't know any of this. So the fact that I am here where I am now, I know that it wasn't like 12 year old Kyra. That's like, I'm so self-aware. Like I know exactly what I'm doing with my life. Like obviously I didn't. Um, but it says thy strength indeed a small child of weakness, watch and pray, find in me thine all in all, whatever it says. Can Jesus. you slow down when you read it? Oh. Like that's kind of you read in hymns, you know, people aren't used to <laughs> the lot. <laughs> They're not used to theologically rich lyrics. So okay, you gotta. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hear the savior say thy strength indeed is small child of weakness. Watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. And then Jeez. it says sin had left a crimson stain. He watched, washed it white as snow. And when you're saved as a child, it's like, okay, I'm crying. <laughs> it's like, okay, that one, that hits different. Cause I literally was a child and surrounded by so much sin that it's like, nothing, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. But then also plucked you, plucked you right out of that situation. Yes. And like, and had a that's covering why over I'm you. so like, I don't take any, like, I don't take any, I don't, I don't want it to be like, oh, look how like amazing Kyra is. Like yesterday, someone had asked me like, oh, it's crazy how much somebody can grow like from having kids and like getting married young. Like it, it really transforms you as a person. I'm like, oh, for like 100%, I totally agree. And then I was like, oh yeah, I didn't plan on having kids till I was like 28, 30. Like I thought I was going to be traveling and like living in Australia with Caitlin. Like I thought that's what we were going to do after we got married. Australia? Oh. Yeah, we did a talk about that one time. Um. And like we got married and I just felt like I want to have a kid. Like I want to have a family. And he you was felt like, like oh. or God told you. I felt like, okay, just got to um, clarify. You know, I said what I meant the first time. Yeah. I'm just clarifying for you're trying to be messy right now. No, I'm not. Um, so I just, yeah, I felt like I am ready to be pregnant and he was like, Oh, like, why do you feel like you had like a change of heart? And I'm like, I didn't have a change of heart. I think God gave that me that desire. God told you. Okay. Let's talk about like, where are you feeling these desires? When, when you use language like that, where do you feel that desire? Is this a head thing? Is this an emotional thing? It's a head thing. Okay. So what should I say? I think, well, why do you think that? Like what changed your mind? Uh, who knows? Think God changed your mind. Yes. In what way? It just happens. 
It just happens. I went from not, I don't want to have kids. I want to travel. I want to go back. So to how Hawaii. can you attribute it to God? Because I have no good in me. But how do you know that's a good, that's, that, that's just, that's an amoral decision. Having like, children? Having children, Being not having children. fruitful and multiplying? Okay, but not everybody can be fruitful and multiply. And but we could. That's not like a not salvific. Other people. It's not like a salvific good or bad thing. When no, you I don't think so to do that. So it's like, how can you attribute your change of heart towards children as a God thing? Because what if he changed your, like, couldn't he, what about the woman who wants to have kids? Like, couldn't he change their mind? to not wanting and they could say oh god told me not to have kids because sure if that's what they want to say but how do you how do you fact check that you don't you just let it rot yeah so this if it's like my testimony that's my testimony if you take it up with god when you die ask him i'm I'm not i'm that that i'm not taking that one up to god personally uh you can (laughs) You can double check that <laughs> yourself, but uh, I got other questions I want answered personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, the reason I'm pressing you about it is because people use that language all the time. And even when it's not uh, like a God thing or like a religious discussion um, or spiritual, a spiritual discussion, they just, everybody in our generation keeps saying, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like. And I'm like, is that now just another way to like say, I think that, or are you feeling a way? I think and, it's both. And are those feelings valid? Okay, if it's both, is it always both? Is it either or? Like, And that's why I think it's important when it comes to like testimonies because when you say, like, oh, I feel like God is doing blank, 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 blank. I'm like, okay, well, do you think that because you read in his word something that changed or that may have um, changed your affections? I definitely was not reading my Bible. Like you were like off kilter and then you read this in the Bible and it like, aligned you more in line with his word and that's what made you feel the conviction or a change of heart uh, to choose better other than the way that you were going or is it like something that you just been wanting to do anyway or convince yourself beyond what you previously believed and now you just slap god on it and say yeah i feel like god is telling me to do this that way, when you tell people, you can just always validate it because God told you, you know? Yeah, and I no don't say God question. told me to have kids. This is, again, this is not even against you because obviously I use language like this too. But like, I just, sometimes people be saying God be telling them stuff and I'd be like, the, the, the Arthur <laughs> meme. <laughs> it's like, God didn't tell you that because that contradicts what the Bible says. But also it contradicts what you said God told you to do last month. God is not a liar. You are. So why, why did you just literally, you're s- the worst. Right I'm now. the worst. That's not what we were talking about at all. And you just like, you, you were like, is that really what God's saying? And then like shifted into what you wanted to talk about. Babe, I'm a producer. Can I, can I introduce no, another but topic? Now at, you just made it seem like. No, 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 no. That was a segment in itself. It's 15 to 20 minutes long. And then we're at 23 minutes now. So that was my way of introducing a new segment. Yes, now, but it seems like you're <laughs> doubting my... No, I don't doubt you. I don't even... I told y'all, this is between you and God. This has nothing to do with me, right? Because also, yours has been consistent. Now, you're not off the hook, right? Like, I'm still just a skeptic and critical of you. But you've given me no reason to think that you're a liar, now, other people who always are speaking on behalf of God, not only for themselves, but also prophesying for other people and then be off and then just think that we forget and they switch it up. Yeah. Those are the people I'm critical of. And those are the people I'm going to grab right on the shoulder and we're going to walk, going to uh, gallivant our tail up to the, <laughs> to the golden gates or whatever they is. And you're going to say, God, did you tell him or her this, that one time on, uh, on Facebook Live. Yeah. But that's like, that's why when I tell the story, I say, I feel like I should have kids. I don't say God told me to have kids or I audibly heard God tell me, Kyra, have kids. If I remember correctly, but if it's, somebody I think you tries, said, I feel like God, da, 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 da. Oh, have I said that? I think you did. Oh, well, whatever. Um, But if somebody is like, oh, what made you decide to have that? I, I don't think it was like a conscious decision I made in and of myself. 
because I knew that it was going to like, oh, if I have kids, I'm going to grow so much and I'm going to become more responsible and responsible builds character, responsibility builds character. Like I was not thinking that. Is there any part of you though that for yourself and for other people who speak that way, do you think that speaking, I guess, poetically or mystically in that type of way attributes more meaning to what you're saying? Like, does it sound more weighty by saying God told me, or I feel like God is leading me, or I feel like God has told me this rather than saying, I've been reading my Bible and I think that the best way to go forward with X decision is to now choose this. But not every like exact thing is in the Bible. Not every exact thing is in the Bible, but why can't somebody say, I feel like God is telling me to do this. It just depends on what the object of that action would be. So I feel like God is telling me to go through that door right now. Okay. Like, or I just made the decision to go through this door because the podcast is ending and I think that it's time to leave, you know, versus I'm going to move cross country or I'm not going to move cross country. Sometimes people will throw God into a situation just to validate something that they wanted to do anyway. When in my opinion, it's just as valid if you wanted to do it, especially if you've been reading your Bible, you're in community, you've gotten wisdom that comes from, uh, the, the council of yeah. people around like you. Logic is okay too. You know, you're a part of a church community. Like, fam, it's just as valid. You don't got to throw God in it. But what if they do think that it's quote, God quote thing? throw God in it? it? It could be a God thing, and I don't know how to accurately like describe like a God thing without it being um, some like mystical, like a big P prophetic thing. Right. Like, did God? actually speak to you is there a new revelation happening right now that we need to canonize in scripture <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah. there's there's implications but to I, the way people speak i also think like when the holy spirit is like moving people use as like oh god i feel like god's telling me i heck of a user because i feel like you know <laughs> if you feel it like which you, shouldn't you i think but how do you explain it say i feel like god's telling me god told me but what about when you're wrong don't be wrong (laughs) don't i i that's why i will only say it when i like i believe that it was really a god thing but some people do really believing it too well that's i mean that's on them also when people tell me stories and they're like the lord told me da 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 oh i'm gonna i'll choose to believe you until I, i have reason not to uh okay what do you okay it i gotta qualify it when they say like oh the lord told me this i'm the type where it's just like <laughs> yeah, y'all saw my face on camera <laughs> if somebody said uh blame someone something something and god told me like i'd hear it as clear as that god told me blank i'm like <laughs> no okay no 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 what, what i'm thinking is um that is so problematic on so many different ways but i'm like not even about the pharisee hotel right now i'm gonna hear you and if that led to a good outcome for you then great but i don't think that it would be a good idea to to make something as miraculous as hearing audibly from literal god (laughs) That you're practicing hourly, daily. Um, now, some people, I would say the more theologically like correct ones will be like, oh yeah, like I, I hear, like I'm hearing God, right? But what they mean is they've been reading scripture and they've been tearing in prayer and they've been, basically they pray scripture. Like that, that's God breathe. That's, that's, those are his words, Right. right. So that's what they mean. Like something, a situation will be happening and scripture pops in their head and then boom, that's God speaking to them. That's what they mean. They're not saying God told me to go, Kaylin, plant this plant. Okay, I think I get what you mean. Like, so when I was in Colorado, we did this thing called a listening prayer, which is probably like very Y'all was contemplative praying in Colorado? 
Oh, heck no. What in the new age? No, I'm just playing. Go ahead. I, I don't know. Um, but You'll describe what happened. I'll describe what happened. So it was just basically a time of prayer of like there were 10 specific questions. And like the prayer was that scripture would be coming to mind as answers to these questions. Not like, oh, God, what do you want me to do right now? Hmm, Kyra, I think it would be good for you to skip around the room. Like we're like looking for scripture fact-based responses to questions that we would have. Um, and <laughs> you just threw me off guard by <laughs> I thought I did something wrong. I was like, oh, well, who I, am I? I not you know, this? like we're just, we're growing together. We're figuring yeah. this out. And it's, it's, it's not, I've never like walked through that before. I've never like been, so, oh, we're going to do a listening prayer. When she said that, I was like, what also, that? I should preface like, this was not even, we don't have a topic for this podcast. So this conversation is going there. Yeah. Now, trust and believe. We could be super prepared to have this theologically uh, deep conversation about this or that. I could get prepared and do that, but I'm not doing that right now. So just, y'all just walk along with this, act like you in the room, and we just don't be going on we Google. Don't be sending me heck of scriptures that you ain't got committed to memory. I don't want y'all studying <laughs> something and sending me, Kaylee, like, no. Nah. Don't, but this is not the quiz or the test. This is the conversation. I think I get what you mean when somebody will like be talking and they'll be like, the Lord told me, I've heard somebody say, the mm-hmm. Lord told me, and they'll say something that I've never seen in scripture myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> do you say is that true? Because it's like, it's something that could be applicable well, it's like in a group setting, so I'm not about to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. It, it would have to be like in private. Um, But also, I'm like, I don't, like maybe. Even in private, I'm not, I'll, I'll just be like, you believe that. But it's something that it's like, it's like a teaching. I hope I don't just flash the camera. It's like a teaching thing. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to apply that to myself. Like, oh, no. you if know, you- that's when, that's when I start to feel a little bit like, okay, just take it with the less than grain of salt. <laughs> I just look unity on the things that matter. So when it comes to the the tenets, the core beliefs of the faith, unity. When it comes to these trucidary issues, I just say uh, grace. Because personally, some people be saying some wacky stuff that I'm like, I cannot reconcile that with coming from my, my biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. Like what you just said is so wrong to me. And I, I say to me out of respect, but I, I really wanted to say it's just wrong, but you know, that's because I believe what I believe, but they believe what they believe. So it's like, there are certain things again that aren't relative, but the things that we can go back and forth and debate on. Um, but we, yeah, when some people just get like new revelations when it comes to teaching, I'm just like, look, we got to defer to the Bible. Like, we cannot be allowing ourselves to get chased away by every wind and doctrine. Like, you cannot just be making up stuff, especially when we have thousands of years of church history and different debates and different confessionals, like some of these things have been thought out by people that are like a little bit smarter than us that weren't as distracted um, by our phones. So that they have really well thought out robust arguments. And like, I think it's worth looking at. And again, I'm not trying to dunk on nobody though, when they're sharing a personal testimony, Oh yeah. but when they say stuff like God told me this verbally, audibly, you just he wrote them. it on the fog and the, the condensation in the mirror in the shower. I'm like, what about the demonic? You know, like, because how can you, how can you test what they're saying to be true or not mm-hmm. if it's so extra biblical? So I bite my tongue, but again, I think we all do it unless you're just like super just on the T. You always say, I feel like God. Yeah, all the time. Because it do feel like that. And I don't want nobody dunking on me like, oh, Caitlin, according to this, uh, this doctrine that I'm like, fam, let me get there. I'm not there yet. Um, but also, I find the people that be like the most critical heresy hunter types. They really, I mean, again, just hot take. 
it don't really be saying, seeming like they'd be having very like moving emotional Holy Spirit experiences. Like I feel like there's a something going on where you it's like either or. Like I could either be very uh intellectual and in the faith, or I could be very emotional in the faith. And the marriage of those two you don't see. And I think you can kind of assume where somebody falls theologically based off of how they worship and how like into it they get. Like, is this theologically rich lyrics and you're saying these and singing them as like praise to God? Or is the fact that the creative, yeah, there's still good lyrics, but maybe not as theologically rich or as doctrinally sound, but the music and the art and the creativity that really is just an outflow of the literal creator all of it the dancing the crying the everything is worship and like as somebody who does like appeal more to the intellectual side i know what it feels like to be void of the emotionalism but i've also had the emotional side and i'm like man i missed that you just asked me like oh is it here or is it here like is it in your head or is it in your heart and i'm like can it be both yeah well, sometimes people be saying that they are experiencing it in the heart, but they ain't really making sense in the head. Yeah. They think they are. And it's like, no. Like taking it to a logical conclusion, it's not. But I said all that to say Easter Sunday, the resurrection Sunday was great for us because our church was acting different, y'all. Was y'all church acting different? Like we that was different. I was looking at the visitor like, fam. <laughs> It ain't really like this every Sunday. I was playing. It we love our church, but our church, I would say, leans on the side of um more intellectual and the messages are dense. Like you come on there and you ain't getting Don't enough. Don't come sleep. tired. Yo, your head would be hurting, throbbing. But I love it. I love how empowering it is and how you're really pushed to get into the word for yourself, right? But in order to do that, you need a lot of time for the sermon. Because it takes a long time to cover a little bit of ground. And as a result, the worship set isn't very long. Now, our friend and our friend is doing the worship set. And usually it's like 15 minutes. I know some of y'all are rolling in the grave. Like, oh, what? 15? I can't even. I'm showing up 15 minutes late. You can't show up late, you know? But on Easter, I think it was like 25 or 30 minutes. Yes. They had us in there. You know what? They, it, the emotion came out. They let the spirit move a little yo, bit. Yo, don't quench the spirit, y'all. It made me feel like, you know what? Maybe they be keeping it right at 15 because they know what's going to happen if you if you get the saints singing Hands in there. People dropping to their knees. Oh, the tears start flowing. Oh, my goodness. What song oh, I was, was sobbing it? facts. Oh. It all. That, that gets me every time. Ooh, I felt like it was like minute 15, right? We went a little bit over. And it was just like, it almost got me. I went. <laughs> and then he texted us literally a few, like just a few hours ago. and was like, love seeing you guys worship. Yeah. Like, oh, you for sure saw me sobbing. I was like, about to say. Three rows back. Don't be looking at me. me. Y'all, y'all worship leaders. Don't, y'all be looking at people. Don't be, that's like <laughs> keeping your eyes open during prayer. <laughs> as soon as I was taught that. I was taught that nowhere in the Bible does it say you actually have to bow your head and close your eyes and cross your hands like this. And he said, facts, I'm not doing it. That's super weird, though. That's like that's like kissing somebody with your eyes open. Super weird. That's super creepy. That's like super red flag. God is probably over there lifting up <laughs> red flags with your tail looking you at him. Are you speaking for God? Probably. <laughs> I, said, I said probably. I said probably. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's wild, though. What? praying with your eyes open what are you looking at you need to well, focus because i have internal monologue so isn't internal monologue or dialogue <laughs> or is that god talking to you <laughs> I'm i have internal dialogue so when i close my eyes i just be like i think about the craziest things that's it's better if i keep my eyes open because i remember where i am what do you think you're gonna float away even in the shower when i close my eyes i start like spinning 
Okay. I'm not kidding. I kind of think she'll get left behind. <laughs> <laughs> Close your eyes when you in there at the site. You'll open them. They all go. <laughs> oh man. Well. So yeah. Um, apart from that, did you hear what Jaden Smith said? No. Jaden Smith. Yeah, Jaden Smith. I'm not not today, but he was doing an interview, and I, I kind of relate to this, and I want to know what you think. Jaden Smith says because um, he's being mocked because he was basically saying. Um, he can't stand really talking to people that are his age because they just like want to be partying and uh, talking about like crazy stuff. And he's like, I want to talk about things that matter, like the planet, global warming and uh, politics. And Twitter dragged this boy because they're just like, they just made a meme um, <laughs> about him being like a tryhard. Like, fam, just because you didn't have a childhood because you like talking to adults and stuff doesn't mean that anybody else, like, there's anything wrong with them. Actually, it's something that's wrong with you because you were robbed of a childhood because you're trying to grow up too fast. But, like, everybody else, like, yeah, we'll eventually get there and we'll care about things like that. But why would I want to be debating about global warming as a 10-year-old? Like, how old is he? Let a child stay in a child's place. Um, well, he's like closer to our age now, but he was just talking about growing up. He was always around adults because he liked having those type of conversations. And I could totally relate to that. Um, I loved being around adults. I'm the youngest of six. My siblings, you know, some of them are like a lot older than me, uh, especially relative to however many young years you've been on the planet. So I age up all the time. And you know this, like whenever we're around people, we're always around people that are like 10, 15 years our senior. And they'll always be telling us like, oh, you're super young and all this stuff. And I'm like, fam, I don't look at you as old. I'm old enough to be a, no, yeah. like you're not. It's, gonna, all, it's like for me, it's, it seems like it's always the older people that apply the age to everything. And I'm right. like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that until you said it. And tell me you're insecure enough to tell me you're insecure. <laughs> uh, okay, you're not insecure. But it's like, don't bring up the age thing because I don't care about it like that. Um, but I want to know what you think about, like, what type of kid were you? Were you the kid who was allowed to be a kid, or were you trying to act grown and wear pantsuits? <laughs> I played with dolls until I was, like, 12. Okay, so you got proper childhood. Do you think that's helped you or hurt you in terms of being prepared for adulthood? Like, has it made you more of, like, a whole person? Because it's like, okay, this phase of my life, I was a child. I wasn't being groomed with uh, learning about sexuality and all this politics and global warming, all that. Like I was yeah. a child. I watched Disney Channel and then like, yeah, like I never had the the sex talk. Like I never was like prepped for stuff like that. So I feel like it's made me not care about stuff like that. Mm. Like I feel like <laughs> well in the past, but like going forward, do you recognize the importance now because it affects you? I mean, yeah, but it's really hard. It's really hard, meaning it's really hard, so I'm not going to engage, or it's really hard, but it's something that I feel like adults should do, and I'm going to take my time learning about it because this is a stage I was supposed to be fighting about, out about it anyway. Yeah. Okay. That's, I feel. that's cool. Like, I'm 24. I, I still feel very young. I don't know, am I not that young anymore, but I still feel very young, and I still feel like I have a right to be, like, shaping my opinions on things. Especially, like, I know uh, everyone's like, oh, your worldview is, sh you know, finished being shaped at, like, 12 or 13 or whatever the age is. And I'm like, well, if that's, I hope not. <laughs> if that's true, I'm a child, okay? I literally was, like, growing up, I was not allowed to, like, go to the marketplace. I wasn't allowed to stay at friends' houses. I was not allowed to sleep over at anybody's house. I wasn't allowed to go to the movies. Like, I literally, <laughs> what did I do? I don't even know. I basically cheered. That's all I did. And I was able to, like, spend the night at certain friends' houses, but my parents had to meet their parents. And um, I remember one time I spent the night at a friend's house and we watched a scary movie and my dad was like, you're never going over there again. And I never went over there again. Wow. Like, it was like that. It was that strict. One time I went to another friend's house and my mom texting me constantly, is her dad home? Is her dad home? Is her dad home? And I was like, uh, when's your dad coming home? Because my parents are literally going to pick, pick me up. And my mom, her dad finally showed up. My mom was this close to coming to get me. She was not, they were not playing any games. Wow. Um, so I hope that my worldview was not finished being shaped at 12 because these stories for, were from when I was like 15, <laughs> 16. Even when Kaylin did track and we were dating, 
Like I was not allowed to go to your track meets. I didn't know that you weren't allowed. I just thought that you weren't coming. No, I was not allowed. That's interesting. Um, and at that point I was like 17 or something. For me personally, I, uh, I think this is why I'm, I shouldn't say experiencing, but I guess, I don't know, experiencing this quarter life crisis because I've been pondering like adult things for a long time. Like been planning my life out in the way that I feel like it should go for a long time. And I think that's why the disillusionment is so strong for me. For those who don't know what disillusionment or disillusion means, because I know some people don't, but I love the word because it's like getting something that you've been wanting, but it being different than what you expected. And like that is a mood when, again, like you've planned out everything for like a decade. And then especially at a young age, you get it. And it's like, what am I doing? So like I was a kid, but if you've read our book, like, you know, my experience uh, from a very young age, like second grade, young age, maybe even earlier than that. And then from that point on, how that jaded me and led me really to where Kyra or to being with Kyra and then, you know, trying to excel in school and probably overcompensate in some ways and uh, become super successful and be super rich. And I wanted to do it all at a young age. Even when I got to CSUB, our first college, um, I had like an expedited graduation plan. Like I was going to graduate in two, two and a half years or two years or something. And I was just trying to rush and just get it done, get it done, done, done. And like one of the critiques that they say about people like uh, Jaden and then other people like me, like where we are always around adults and we're always trying to grow up fast is, okay, like we grow up fast. We're the ones wearing the suits to, to high school. We're carrying around briefcases. We're you know, doing behavior. things, you know, like we're doing things to like try to set ourselves up to get ahead. Right. And then we get ahead, but we're still super young. And then we're like, wait, we got what we wanted, but we lost the opportunity to just be unserious and chill. Like everything is always so uptight. We're anxious. We're stressed out. And it's just like, fam, if you were allowed to just be a kid and then deal with adult things when you're, I don't know, an adult, maybe you wouldn't be stressed out. Yeah. So like ours has been a regression because our goofy tails got married at 19, had kids at 20. And I mean, now I feel like Dallas is pretty much, I've been joking saying like, basically I'm in college here in mm-hmm. Dallas. Yeah. I'm away from family and I'm learning about myself in ours lately has been a regression to going back and doing some of the things that we probably would have done when we were younger, but we didn't do because we took a different avenue. No regrets, but like, I'm still young. I didn't have any plan. I don't know what these plans are. I didn't have any plans. Well, you still had to grow up fast and you didn't get the opportunity to, to, to make dumb mistakes. I Thought I was going to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Hey. Hey. You know, <laughs> some of them do have kids, you know. Hey, what What <laughs> if, though? Like, how crazy would that be? Like, you I, know, I do think about that. Like, I basically turned down a job to, like, travel and cheer around the world. Like, that's weird to me. Wow. But, I like, getting married was not like, oh, I'm an adult flex. Like, I was just in love and thought, like, I got to marry this person. You'd have had a bag of football player if you was a cheerleader? Yeah. That probably wouldn't have been good for me. Probably not. I mean, there's some there's some good football players out there, but most of them probably not. I just think that um, it's that that, that story was just interesting to me because yeah. they'll be saying uh, a lot a lot of other people on Twitter were just talking about again coming from my perspective, Jaden's perspective, growing up fast, how they're 25, they're 30, and they just regret try like being a try hard like i don't necessarily think i was a try hard like i'm not gonna play myself like i love how i was because i'm very proud of where i am like it's just everything that i sacrificed and the things like ah for the sake of like adulting when you're like literally 16 like i was not sleeping over 
I was not partying like I could. I was not drinking. You regret that? No, I don't. I don't regret oh, okay. it. Okay. What was I doing though? Like I was waking Reading, up, listening to podcasts. I was waking up at five in the morning as a high schooler, driving all the way across town, running three miles, doing my whole track training, driving back home, taking a shower, going to school at seven. Didn't even. And I'm like, how? What was I was sixteen? Yeah. What was I doing? I guess Wait, the- going to work afterwards, one job, and then go to the second job. And then training after that second job, coming home, doing my homework, and then waking up and doing it all again. That's giving try hard, but literally from five AM to like eight or nine. Yeah. And then going to your house and falling asleep on your room. And then I think the problem though with like tweets like that, um, not that like he's completely wrong, like totally feel for him. I'm sure that's like hard. Um, but when that gets like shoved onto the people that aren't as far along as people like him he apparently is Mm -hmm. then it's like don't try to make me feel stupid like don't try to make me feel less than because i'm not like ready to march for all the things that you want to go do how about you go find your own people right that are into that like they're they exist you're just not around them my fear though is that tiktok the tiktoxification of our generation is mobilizing little social justice warriors for causes that they're not old enough to really be able to resolve. Mm-hmm. Like you're 10 and you're talking about global warming. You're talking about gender identity. You're, you're talking about things that are like beyond you. Like you shouldn't even be thinking about these yeah. things. That's like, that's my thing is I feel like since I was able to be a child and this is not just until I was 12, like this was literally until I moved out. Like I was fully able to like truly be a high schooler. My dad was like, you're not getting a job. You're just like going to enjoy life as a little girl, like just enjoy it. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that they did because a lot of my friends like were getting jobs, getting multiple jobs. were like super stressed out about like homework and things like that. Like my parents never pressed me about grades. Like I got A's, B's, a few C's, whatever, but like I was allowed to cheer, didn't have to work, like got my car, whatever. Um, but I feel like now that's made me like, so like, oh, I just get to enjoy the stage of life I'm in. And like, you know, everybody's freaking out but do you guys know we could literally all die tomorrow and none of it's gonna matter anyway like that's how i think sometimes oh like it's made me so like carefree in a lot of ways i'm like if the world imploded that's okay well part of that is also like that is a religious mindset where christians and even other people like other faiths you have like a uniquely future minded reality where mm. it's like just because things are bad now yeah, i this believe is not in some, the end all be all for right me. like life gets better when it ends like my my death is actually better than my birth mm-hmm. so like you you're you're it's built in to your worldview like you're future-minded but my question is was there ever any resentment uh towards your parents or any other adults for not pulling you out of that sheltered experience because Only when, then you like confront the reality of like, oh man, it's been trash out here all this time. <laughs> like, like these only, dudes are, these, these seniors are being predators to my freshman tale when I got in high school. Only when literally I, only when I was like made to feel stupid or like less than for not knowing. Mm. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm literally 17. Didn't know I was supposed to like know all this. I mean, the, also the household I grew up in was just like very different. Like it just, I, I don't know if it was the norm as as far as like caring about what's happening outside of our household. Yeah. Like voting and politics and who's the president. I didn't, I swear, I did not know who Trump was until he was being elected. I mean, you ain't listened to no Mac Miller Growing up, you, you ain't heard. You I did listen to some music. Wasn't watching The Apprentice. No. Like we wow. didn't watch the news. I remember, like, and hopefully Very this doesn't sound like condescending, but like I envied your naivete because it was like a stress-free existence at that point, and I felt like, especially being the polar opposite, 
I felt like at every point I was corrupting you. <laughs> just like, but have you thought about this? And it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like we went I to. S- I still feel like I very much operate in like a lot of naivete. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because I don't either. We spend our whole lives learning and experiencing and gaining more wisdom. Like that's what wisdom is, right? Like experiencing and and knowing. And what I what I really envy more about you is the fact that your worldview wasn't tainted by you know forcing adult experiences on a young mind and now that you are still a young 24 year old you can build your worldview on the foundation that is the bible without having to unlearn things that contradict what you now believe Which i think that's interesting because a lot of um i know people get like worried about christian vloggers christian family vloggers that are like are you like teaching your kids to be a certain way? What is it called? There's it's like a D word. No, not grooming. Oh, um, uh, it is indoctrinating them. Yes. Like, are you indoctrinating your kids? But then people are like, well, even if you're not Christian and you don't teach them any Christian values, even when you think you're not indoctrinating your kids, you still are with some kind of set of beliefs. Absolutely. But I feel like my set of beliefs was like as close as you could get to not indoctrinating your kids. Like I, I was like not taught about so much stuff and was like, we didn't even have, like my mom had a computer, but we weren't allowed to get on it for, cause it was for her business. So we had no access to like laptops. I call shenanigans because the what? world, that is still a stance. Like that's still a worldview. It think- is, but I feel like it, I, I don't have as much like unlearning to do or as heavy unlearning as some people. Uh, or maybe that's just the naivete in me still. I would say I that the know. ignorance is bliss because not again, not calling you ignorant, but I think, I think, okay, no, no, no. Without again being condescending, I think that the worldview that you were indoctrinated with, you're actually ignorant of what that worldview is or were, you were ignorant of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I tell you what I think it is, I think you're going to agree with me. You were indoctrinated with Third wave feminism <laughs> and free spiritness, which is our household wasn't very feminism, pretty like, relative and subjective, but yes, absolutely. No, because we had to clean up after me and my sister had to clean up after everybody. Okay, the way the men didn't, the way the the roles were divvied up, coming down from your dad, not feminist because your dad is not a feminist, but things like. When you get older, make sure you make your own money. Never depend on a man. This, that, and the third is feminism all the way. Why? Because that's a direct retaliation to having to follow rules. Like, okay, right now you have to do these uh, roles that I'm telling you to do as your dad. And women do this and men do that. But when you get older, if you are in control of your own things, you'll never have to listen to anybody. You don't have to defer or submit to anyone. And that's, I think, the hardest thing for Christian women to unlearn and defer to if they want to take a, a more complementarian approach and not the egalitarian. Um, again, I'm not debating that. I don't, I don't know what y'all doing in y'all house. But you think I'm a feminist? I think we both have unlearned <laughs> feminism. Unlearned? Yes. Yes. I've. We grew up in California. What you mean? Like yeah. we're the cool, like blue, chill, everybody just get along state. Like that's just what we were. And I've had to also unlearn toxic, misogynistic, patriarchal thinking too. Because I literally remember getting so fed up with the fact that I, me and my sister had to clean before we could like go cheer on a Friday night football game. But nobody, like why am I doing everybody's laundry? It makes no for what it's worth, we had to clean too. But no, we but were the, taking trash the out. The boys in the house didn't. I just don't get, I don't get, they was living like kings with y'all tails. All, wow. all he had to do was clean his room. That's all. I, I'm so glad though that, again, everybody in my house had to do everything because it's made assisting you, or I'm not even assisting you, but us co-parenting easier. Like, Again, we always talk about when I take the boys to the park or something, women will be like, oh, look at so when you're when you go on vacation or something or, you know, go on like a girl trip. Oh, look at Caleb. Oh, my, he's so, <laughs> and you know what people say when I'm gone? They're like, oh, who's with the kids? I'm like, their dad. 
And they're like, oh, you know, I bet he's like messing up everything. I bet he's not even feeding. Oh, you have to check in and make sure they're being fed. I'm like, no. I swear they they swear dudes are so dumb. But then you but hear because like because they be acting like it. Exactly. Like dudes be acting dumb like they can't like, do nothing. I remember my brother used to act like he didn't know how to use a broom. So my and my mom like let him let it pass so he wouldn't have to sweep. But know how to take apart a whole Xbox and probably mm-hmm. put it back together. Like dudes but be knowing now, how to I fix a car but can't make a bottle. I guess that's true because I'm very much so like my boys will know how to clean and they will clean. You think? Yes. I know for a fact. When they're pissing all over the back of the toilet, I'm not cleaning that. As for me in my house, if you make that mess, you clean it up after yourself. I don't care how old you is. Carter's been cleaning up after himself since he learned how to crawl. I'm not cleaning it. You just did that. Yeah. Where's the self-respect, you know? <laughs> like, there's a, there, it's a higher standard here in the Edwards and household. And hygiene. Like, the boys yes. know, like, if they touch me and their hands are grimy, you're going to wash your hands. Yeah, you don't even let them jump on your bed. <laughs> Yeah, y'all just got out of school. Get y'all nasty about and that. Bear. Say, Am I dirty? <laughs> yes, you are. You need to take a shower. Yeah. You know, I was taking a shower earlier. I had them playing with the Legos, right? They were supposed to be in here playing with the Legos. I go hop in the shower real quick. Tell me why I'm about to get my tail in the shower. I turn around. Kai Kai's naked tail running in. I'm like, I told him three times, this is not your shower. This is not your shower. This is not your shower. <laughs> He would come running around a quarter. <laughs> I was like, wow. I'm not yeah, sure if he just wanted One thing about to- my kids, they love to wash their hands. They will not go to sleep without brushing their teeth. And they don't get in the shower if the water's on. That's just funny to me. Well, Hygiene ma- really matters like it, it does. That's like, that for me, that's top. That's up there. Well, we're saving a lot of money not having to like take them to the dentist because they got cavities and. Yeah, All we that do need stuff. to go to the dentist, though. Yeah, we do. I have it on my list. Anywho, guys, I think we have hit our mark. I actually got, like, three more super interesting topics I could bring up right now. But I ain't even going to do it. I ain't even going to do it to y'all. I'm not going to do it. Anyway, thanks for hanging out with this. As you always say, let's, let's keep, keep growing going together. together. <laughs> Thank